Happy Thursday, everyone. It is Thursday. It is episode 44 of Bet to Win. I'm Claudia Villafato. He is Joe Fan. This is our technically first show without football, but we're going to talk NFL futures. We got NBA futures to talk about headlines. We got Nick Dayas coming on to talk some UFC. And of course, we'll wrap up with some winning picks, but it's kind of weird not to have NFL picks that we're giving out. I know it's sad. We'll, we'll have headlines throughout the offseason, and there's always there's always a topic of conversation with the NFL, but it is sad to not have a slate to look forward to. It sort of frees up our Sundays to like try to be social, which sometimes is maybe a good thing. And sometimes you're like, I'd rather just be sitting on my couch watching. But that's what golf is for. And we have golf. I'm not a NASCAR guy, but potentially, I don't know, maybe I'll, no, it's a lie. I'm never going to get NASCAR. I could get into NASCAR. Could you actually? Joe always makes fun of me because I'm so antisocial and he'll be like, let's do this. I'm like, yeah, totally. And then I'll just sit on my couch and like find literally anything to watch. And I'm like, I'm just so comfortable. So you're right. It's going to be really hard for me to be social on Sunday. Sundays especially. Yeah. And this is for everyone, Joe. I promise. This is everyone. I'm just antisocial. Uh, but maybe we will get into some NASCAR. That could be fun. Bet- There's betting opportunities it, we everywhere. We should go to the race when it comes here. I'd like to go I'm to down. a race. I just have no desire to watch on TV. I'm, I'm down for that. <laughs> Let's talk about our victory laps and hold this L. You've been getting into college basketball. I've been getting into hockey. Talk to me about your recent wins. I got my ass kicked on Monday. Uh, Davidson got backdoored by Duquesne. They won by 12. The line was 13 and a half. That was a tough loss. Didn't enjoy that. And that was just sort of how my Monday went. I lost everything. And I've been fighting for my life to get back. And I think through all the bets I've made, um, and my units aren't huge, uh, but volume-wise, I've had quite a bit these last three days. I think I'm up $2. That's so cool, So credit baby. to me. Hell right yeah. now, we're feeling good. Uh, I went three for four in my college picks uh, on Wednesday. My one loss was a brutal backdoor with Marquette. Um, they were up like 20 at halftime. The line was 13. They won by 12. And you're just like, gosh, dang it. That's how I feel like betting hoops goes, where you get backdoored and you're like, okay, I'll just bet the first half now. Then you bet the first half. They have a clunker of a first half. It's tied at halftime. Then they blow them out by 15 in the second half and cover the full game spread. And I just can't figure out which side of that coin to be on. Um, so I sort of just decided I'm going to stick always with full game and then just live and die by it as opposed to trying to guess when it's going to be first half or full game. But yeah, the back doors hurt. I've had a couple this week. But overall, been doing okay this last couple of days in college basketball. I had a couple of fun parlays that I had lined up as well. Uh, Wyoming losing outright to New Mexico, that hurt. And then St. Bonaventure, I've been on the wrong side of every single one of their games that I've bet. So maybe I have to give up on the old Bonnies. But overall, we've we've kind of found a way to fight our way to even. The good thing with college basketball is there are so many damn teams to bet on. So it's like, oh, this one's not working. Let me just go to this conference. It's like a good team. thing and a bad thing because what I do is I'll go through the whole slate just because it's sort of fun. Like you run through the numbers yeah. and see if there's any sort of edge or matchup that you like. Yeah. But then you'll come up with a list of eight to 10 games. I really don't need to bet on eight to 10 games. Mm-hmm. Like I can just pick four, but I know if I do that, I'm going to get rid of the four winners, yeah. keep the oh, four losers. Yeah. Because I did that for a couple of days. I was like, I'll just make these lanes and not play them. And I'm not putting this out. I just have like a little sheet and mm-hmm. I'm taking notes. And I, I go back at the end of the day. Okay, I went, you know, four and six in my actual plays. I weeded out four plays. All four of those were winners. You're like, sick. Of course, that's how it goes. But yep. 
that is the life we have as betters. Um, but I'm certainly going through it a bit and learning and, and going through the paces with college basketball right now. Well, the other thing too is you could do pages and pages of research and hours and hours and it could be a lock and it's still lose. So yeah, the team just doesn't betting. show up that's or can't gambling. hit a three or yep. whatever. Yep. <laughs> Luckily, the Leafs did show up against the Kraken. I faded Joe's hockey team. Uh, I had a, it's a smart the, play. The Leafs smart money. <laughs> Last weekend, the Leafs in regulation, or rather on Monday, Leafs in regulation to win. That was minus 150, a little juicier. I played the puck line, minus one and a half. That was plus money at plus 105. They won by four, final score of six to two. I also played the team total over three and a half, minus 134. The winning pick was Leafs in regulation. You do want to be careful. I mean, that's a lot of exposure, three units on one team. But I had a lot of faith in them more. I mean, the Leafs are a great team, but also just fading the crack. And I repeat, easy, so. smart money. Yeah. You're going to have exposure, have it be against one of the worst hockey teams. Yes. And then I, I put a little beer money, which I, I don't call it an official play, but like a little beer money, a fun one. I had Stafford to, to you know, run, rush in a touchdown in uh, the last game. And then I had here Jack Eichel to score a, a touchdown. Yeah, Jack Eichel to score a touchdown, <laughs> to score a goal. He didn't do that. And now he definitely he didn't, didn't do score that. a touchdown. Uh, to score a goal in his he debut. He probably won't next game either. And I'd save your beer money. <laughs> I'd, just buy, I'd just buy beer at that point. <laughs> I'd be out of a lot of beer money. I'd be pretty... Thirsty. Uh, but I had Jack Eichel to score a goal in his Vegas debut, which didn't hit. So technically, that was my one loss. What a dud of like a, the whole deep. team didn't score. They got yeah, they got shut out. It was our old local Golden Knights. Yeah. It, it Honestly, the first few minutes of the game, I was like, damn, I really wish I went to it. Like super high intensity from the from puck drop. And it, it was a good game, but Vegas just didn't score. So yep. I was on the right side, thankfully. Um, let's talk some headlines. We'll talk NBA and then we'll get into NFL, but heading into NBA all-star break, some of the biggest headlines right now, the most notable, the Nets and Sixers made it official. We talked about it last week. Harden leaving Brooklyn, heading to Philly in a trade for Ben Simmons. We haven't seen either of them play on these respective teams yet. Uh, they haven't made their debut. Harden expected to after all-star break Simmons when he feels ready, which has been a debate. If you, if you watched his, uh, his media availability, basically, he was saying that it's a, a big mental thing for him. So basically, when he feels mentally ready, he will play. Um, he hasn't played all year, but he's been ramping up his workouts, which is good. Uh, Brooklyn currently eighth in the Eastern Conference, six and a half games back of the Heat and Bulls. Philly with Harden currently fifth in the Eastern Conference, three games back of the top-seeded Bulls. How do you feel about this trade? We knew it was going to happen. Now that it has happened, we haven't seen him play yet, but sort of what's your take on it? I think there's the chance that both teams get better, but there's still really serious questions around both teams. For me with the Sixers, now if James Harden and Joel Embiid can stay healthy throughout the postseason, they can beat anybody. And I dabbled. I, I, I threw in a futures ticket when it was still at plus 1,000, right when the trade went down. It's all the way down to what I think plus 600 is, is what's here. Yeah. Um, but they still have a short rotation that's even shorter now because you lose Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. Um, so you are really banking on the health of those, which I guess they're not going to win a championship without your, their superstars anyways, but but still, I, I just get nervous going through a slog where you need to win 16 games against the best teams in basketball and be banking on 35 minutes a night from those two guys. I really like Tyrese Maxey. I really like Tobias Harris, but again, the, be the bench is super thin there, and I just want to see if James Harden can stay healthy. I also, James Harden's a guy who you keep like wanting to bet on and thinking, oh, he can get it done in the playoffs, and he just hasn't been able to yet. Sort of like a Chris Paul, 
a Jace um, in that electrifying regular season player has, has had big moments in playoffs, but ultimately hasn't um, gotten a ring. In James Harden's case, hasn't gotten close. Um, and with the Nets, there's a chance that they are better and deeper now. But I don't think we can take them seriously until A, Kyrie is playing in every game, which it's sort of ridiculous. It's not sort of. It is ridiculous that he's not playing in every game anyways. With And, and Adam Silver, good on him for coming out and saying so. Um, regardless of what your stance is on the vaccination, the fact that, you know, let's not go down that road. I don't want to go there. I agree, but yeah, yeah. My point has been made. Um, or my opinion has been stated, I guess I should say. Kevin Durant has to get healthy. And we just have no idea what Ben Simmons is going to give us. I mean, the last time we saw Ben Simmons play basketball, he was literally passing up lay-ins in the postseason. And I get it. He's not going to be a score first guard. He's going to be more of a facilitator. He's going to be a defensive player. But he has to be able to be somewhat of a threat. And when he's not a threat from mid-range, he's not a threat from three, and even getting to the cup, he's passing up opportunities. Maybe he's in a clear mind space now, and maybe the, the new destination, a new landing spot for him will, will alleviate some of that. And we'll see a, a different side of Ben Simmons that we haven't seen. But without that, I have a hard time taking uh, the net seriously. It is interesting that they're, they're, still at, uh, they're still at plus 600 to win the title. So Vegas is still just refuses to give away any value on Brooklyn, just in case. <laughs> it's like, well, we don't know, but we'll see. Just in case yeah. they figure it out. Yeah, I know. So do you, would you say Brooklyn won this, this trade? I think when you factor in the first round picks that they got down the road, you can say that they won. In terms yeah. of what team can win right now, the Sixers won that trade. Yeah. Because I, I do believe in James Harden. Um, the hamstrings are a worry because that was what, was his bugaboo last year in the playoffs, his hamstring injury. That's what doomed the Nets in last year's playoffs. Um, that really changed that Bucks series. They were sort of in control of that series before he got hurt. So I like the Sixers. I have two NBA Futures tickets, and they are one of them. I agree with everything you said. Um, I mean, Simmons brings some defense that they'll need to the team, but I also agree with you don't know how he is going to play because, like, you saw Harden in the, the end of the Houston stretch, right? It's like when you don't want to be on that team, you make it very clear and it shows in your game. So we might see something totally different from Ben Simmons. Maybe he's been working on his shooting. Who knows? Uh, Seth Curry, I think, is a great get. He can fill in the loss of, you know, the shooting that they had with Joe Harris. So I think that's big. Andre Drummond brings size. You mentioned the picks. And then with Harden... I, I don't know if it's just me, but I, I've sort of stayed away from him. It's not that I don't have faith in him. Like, his numbers are very clear. He's still a top 20 player, but his numbers have taken a dip. If you look at right now, when he joins Philly, he'd be second in points. He's going to lead in assists, second in rebounding. So he's definitely going to bring a huge impact to the offense. Like you said, if he stays healthy, um, it could definitely be a win in terms of this trade for Philly. But to me, it's like, this is Harden's third team in two seasons. He's almost like that girl who just goes from guy to guy dating. And she's like, well, the grass is greener on the other side. Like, okay, I'm done with him. I haven't even finished a season yet, but I'm going to go because that looks a lot better to me. And for me, I don't know. That's just not a guy I would want to play for. That's not a guy I would want to play with. And as a coach, it's like, doesn't that make you a little nervous? You're bringing on a, a Well, player. I think what's interesting is as toxic as he is, the situation with Ben Simmons was so bad it was, in, in Philly that I think for them... They don't care what James Harden's baggage is. He's a superstar. He's a multiple-time scoring champion. He's another 
That's Alpha true. to go along with Joel Embiid to take some of the pressure off the big man. And they're rid of Ben Simmons, which just yeah. gets that monkey off of everyone's back. That elephant has left the room. Mm -hmm. And so it is sort of like a lesser of two evils. And you say this guy at least can help us win a championship in their minds. That's true. That's a good point. They both have baggage, but Harden's a better player. The so Sixers like are sort of like the, the Chargers to me. And like, mm. I just can't quit them. Like my worst betting beat of all time in the NBA was I was heavily invested in the the Sixers to to beat the Raptors in that uh, was that the finals of the second round anyways in the Eastern Conference Finals but I lost decent bit of money on the Kawhi shot that hit uh, the rim thirteen times before falling through. <laughs> I was like, but a, you're still going with it. That was a tough Sunday. Okay, yeah, right. I'm on them, and I, we'll finish this before we move to the NBA. I'm on yeah. this, the Celtics. Of course, I put this out yesterday when they get uh, they lose outright to. Uh, the Pistons on the same day. But they'd been on fire. I loved the Derek White trade. They're still 25 to 1. And I think the Eastern Conference is very much up in the air. The Bucks do not seem to have the same edge as they had a year ago. I think the Heat are good. They're not a juggernaut. They're a lot of good teams. And the Celtics are right among them with superstar scores. They defended all positions. You've got a big man, Robert Williams, they need to keep healthy, um, who they've missed sorely when he's been out. Yeah. Um, but at 25 to 1, especially after the Derek White trade. We've seen how good he's been there. Um, I'm willing to buy in um, on, on the Celtics. Give Boston some love. I like it. The fighting Scalabrinis. <laughs> Suns are the favorite at plus 400. The Warriors at plus 450. Nets 600. Bucks 600. Sixers at plus 700. And the Heat and Jazz at 12 to 1. You mentioned the Bucks. I mean, they're not as much of a threat, but they're also 23 and 6 when Giannis, Middleton, and Drew Holiday all play together. They have the depth on that team. So... It's sort of hard for me. I mean, and, and to run it back is difficult. But at plus 600, I'd rather have my money on the Bucks than the Nets from what I've seen so far. Um, and the Warriors have been ahead of Phoenix for the majority of the season. They just dropped to second now at 450 because the Suns have six straight wins, the current best record uh, in the NBA. But the Warriors are beat up. Draymond is out. Steph Curry just went through the that uh, little issue shooting slump. So I think when fully healthy, the Warriors could definitely win it. Their defense is top five. Um, they definitely have all of the pieces. But again, like we saw last year, how important health is between COVID and between injuries. So I really think whoever, like availability is the best ability. I think whoever is the healthiest down the stretch will, will likely win. Um, but we will see what happens. And we'll talk about those odds throughout the remainder of the season. And we'll recap All-Star break. I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen. I don't know if you have any take on that. I don't really. I usually just watch for leisure. So. If there's anything viral that happens, we will discuss it. Yeah. <laughs> I look kind of like Pro Bowl and all that. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's talk NFL because the season is over, but headlines never stop. Matthew Stafford, Hall of Fame. That is the uh, debate in question, as we see from year to year, Hall of Fame debates. Career 86, 95, and one record. Currently 12th on all-time passing list. He'll pass Broncos great John Elway next season. We saw what he did this season. He obviously won a Super Bowl. There's been a lot of doubt about him. It's like, oh, well, they beat this team because that team is not great. Or he did this because he has Cooper Cup. Or this because of his D-line, his O-line. What is your take on this? We, we heard Richard Sherman come out and say he doesn't deserve this. You know, no all-decade, no all-pro, no MVP. Pro Bowl, not even MVP of the Super Bowl. The bar is set low. And of course, now everyone's coming out, giving their own takes. I'll give mine, but I'm curious what you think. 
Yeah, I don't know how. He's not there yet. There's just no way. The issue with going by counting stats is the game just changed so much and passing numbers are so inflated compared to past generations. You can't compare that. You look at how much of that has just been garbage time when they were losing every game in Detroit. I mean, how much is he padding his stats with meaningless, yeah. um, you know, empty calories at the end of these fourth quarters with the Lions are out of it. You look at the fourth quarter comeback, same way. When you're down in every single game, you're just going to have more opportunities to lead a fourth quarter comeback. You can give Matthew Stafford his flowers without putting him in the Hall of Fame. And he's still got good football left in him. So it's not like he can't get there. That decision just doesn't have to be made today. Mm-hmm. And it's it's bizarre. And I get that Dan Orlovsky has really been the one um, trumpeting this. And it's his best friend. And I get that. But the, the bias is obviously there. He still led the league in interceptions and pick sixes this year. It's not like he had a flawless season. So... Let's just enjoy what happened in that game. He was sensational. He made a, some big-time throws mm-hmm. in that final drive, in, including an insane no-look pass to Cooper Cup that helped seal the win and get them into the red zone, all of that, that 22-yarder. But let's just pump the brakes on the Hall of Fame discussion. Yeah. Not everything has to center around the Hall of Fame discussion. Let's don't the, get it. That's the thing. Once football ends, people are like, okay, we need to continue to talk, and we need to fill the media space, and we need to do all this. So... Hall of Fame is always going to come with the the winning quarterback of whoever won the Super Bowl. But I agree. I mean, he just turned 34 before the Super Bowl. In my head, I'm trying to think, like, all of the, the beat that he has taken, all of the sacks he has taken when he was with the Lions, even this year. What do you think? Six years? Six or seven more years? Five years? Over, under six more years? Probably under. But I think he can legitimately have three or four more elite seasons where mm-hmm. you feel like he is at his best. But yeah. I think he's got to get another ring because he's never been considered a top five quarterback in the league in any season. He's, he's only made one pro bowl. You've mentioned the no all pros, mm-hmm. no all decade team. You know, I agree. I, I don't think one season doesn't just make him a hall of famer. Right? Yep. Continue those stats in that play that we saw in the postseason. get an MVP, some all pros, get some accolades. And then I definitely think he could be in the conversation. Um, the other, I guess you could call it, headline, which is always going to be like, these things are a given after a team wins a Super Bowl is, oh, we're going to run it back. We saw it with the Bucks. I put in a Bucks ticket because I was convinced coming back from all 22 starters, but it is difficult to do because you run into several obstacles. But Aaron Donald said at the Rams parade that the Rams still have a super team and hope to run it back. So the current futures, Bills and Chiefs are the favorites at plus 700. The Rams, Bengals, and Niners at 12 to 1. Broncos, 15 to 1. Cowboys and Titans, 18 to 1. Packers, Ravens, Colts, Chargers, 20 to 1. Vikings, Cardinals, Browns, Patriots, all in the latter half. Um, I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't put in a ticket for the Rams to run it back. I think that we saw so much talent throughout the season. Um, there are There's so much talent at quarterbacks, a lot of young quarterbacks, a lot of young offenses. So I would not put my money on the Rams. Um, 12 to 1, yes, it is a good number. I'd honestly rather put my money on the Bengals, who have a ton of cap space. They're going to clean up. They have $57 million in cap space. Clean up the O-line, get some help in the secondary. Uh, you don't need any additions to the offense. You have Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, that whole slew, that whole crew. Um, so in my head, of course, I was on the Bengals all season. How could they not win at 12 to 1? I love it. But I also love the Bills. I fade the Chiefs just because I don't really like to watch them play. <laughs> Hot it's more take. of a personal thing. Yeah, personal I just don't. Thing. I just don't want to see them win. But I do love the Bills. I think Josh Allen is a freak. Um, I would love to see him like get another star receiver. That would be great. Diggs is great, but to see him with another guy, I don't know. 
I, those are my takes. Like, I don't have, I'm not going to put in any ticket anytime soon, but. There's just no value in betting on those teams right now. Those numbers aren't going to change immensely. Yeah. To me, you have to bet on a, a team that you think will have an offseason that will drastically lower their odds or I guess improve their odds to where you're getting, I mean, you don't normally talk about closing line value in terms of futures, but this is where you would get it. You know, I look at teams, the Ravens are a sexy pick at 20 to one. We've seen a lot of people on social media talk about them, but for good reason. Um, they had 20 plus guys in IR and superstar caliber players on IR. And so it makes sense that, that they would be a team that vastly improves. They were almost a playoff team regardless. So I think that makes sense. I think staying in that division, the Pittsburgh Steelers at 75 to one, they've got to go get a quarterback at some point. Even if it's Jimmy G, you would like to think that this is a team that made the playoffs. They were in the postseason with Big Ben. They've got weapons. They've got superstars on defense. And so it sort of feels like they're a quarterback away of, of taking a next step. At 75 to 1, that's in the same ballpark as the Carolina Panthers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Atlanta Falcons. So I know the AFC is loaded, but why not? I will probably at some point put another ticket on the Chargers because I'm a masochist and I can't quit them, much like I talked about with the Sixers. Um, at some point, they will figure it out, you think. And I want to still, I want to be able to enjoy that and celebrate that. So Chargers at 20 to one to me brings a lot of value as well, but it's easy to go through scenarios of, oh, I could see that. Oh, I could see, you know, all these different things. There's so many good quarterbacks in the AFC that it's easy to make a case for a number of, of, of different teams. Well, there's so many quarterbacks on the move too, which is definitely why I'm not putting any ticket in until I know. Yep. Of course, then odds are going to change. So if you have a lean, like if you think Rodgers is going to the Broncos, grab that number now. I think that's why we see them in that conversation. But we got Rodgers, Wilson, Watson, Jimmy G, Cousins, Jameis, Ryan, all sort of in that on-the-move conversation. And we do see odds, you know, throughout, and you will see it throughout the offseason on where they will end up. The Packers were a heavy favorite for Rodgers. And, <laughs> I mean, he just he just broke up with his fiance. I guess you could say they called off the engagement. I don't know why, but in my head, I'm like, I feel like that really changes things for him. Like, he can go wherever he wants now. He's a bachelor. We all talked about him going to the Broncos with the OC over there, but I don't know. I think that kind of well, throws a wrench And that's why things, the Broncos right? are 15 to 1, because yeah, the, the book is expecting the Broncos to get Aaron Rodgers, and they're not going to give any value away until they know for sure he isn't going there. But again, you look at the Steelers at 75 to 1, they have to get a quarterback as well, which is why I lean Pittsburgh as opposed to Denver. Um, I don't, I don't, I, to me, like Jimmy G in Pittsburgh is just like what makes such obvious sense. Yeah. Um, as for like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, others, I just don't have a good sense for it yet. To me, Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay. I, I just, that's really? what my gut says, but I don't know. I, 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 I gotta, I gotta formulate some more takes. We, maybe next week we can go deeper, a deeper dive and make some predictions there. Yeah. My only issue, um, with the... Packers is sort of like their cap space in, in terms of like weapons for uh, Aaron Rodgers as well. Because Devontae Adams, if they wanted to put basically like a franchise tag on him, that's going to be a lot of money. And the Packers are $50 million over the cap space. So that franchise tag is going to be $22 million. Do we really think that he wants to play without Adams? You take Adams out of the situation. So I think there's a lot of moving pieces there. But like you said, we'll, we'll sort of break it down and get a little more into it since football the season is over. We have a lot of time to talk about landing spots for quarterbacks. Um, let's get to our favorite part, 
of the show, and that is our interview segment. This time we got Nick the Lamb Deus, Bet to Win contributor, host and founder of the Blue Wires Veteran Minimum Podcast. Follow him on Twitter at NickDeus10. Nick, what's going on? All is good. I have no complaints after that Super Bowl. Yeah, man. <laughs> Talk about it because you were all in on the Rams. Joe and I were on the Bengals and you talked about all these futures you had. How, how exactly did you cash out? I'm looking at my computer. All of the bets that you had in, it looks like all wins. Did you lose anything? <laughs> I was a Van Jefferson anytime touchdown away from even better of a Sunday. But you know what? Beggars can't be choosers. We got to capitalize when we can. But it was cool. It, it was fun. It was it was something that you know I made. That's the earliest I ever made a futures bet. Uh, it was around March of last year, and then I doubled down in August also on the Rams. I was just, I've always been a Matthew Stafford guy. I feel like it was Detroit that was the issue. It wasn't him. And it was cool to sort of be validated by that with them winning the Super Bowl. Let's recap the same game, the epic same game parlay that you hit. You had T. Higgins over 68 and a half receiving yards, Rams money line, the under 48 and a half, uh, Odell and T. Higgins touchdowns, Cooper Cup. Touchdown as well. This was at 110 to one <laughs> and you cashed it. What is that feeling like? Because that's a lottery ticket that I think every, we always see these, these parlays go viral on Twitter and social media. Yeah. You're like, man, that would be cool. Cause my parlay that I try to make for even money can't even hit, let alone <laughs> yeah. one at 110 to one odds. What was that like? And at what point did you, did you know like, oh my gosh, this is, this is going to cash. All right, so I uh, I didn't know at all because that game had, I think it was 36 points total was scored with about nine minutes left in the third quarter. And I'm not a fan of watching sporting events out with people, um, mostly because like some of them are new to betting. And whenever they find out that I have a bet, when it ends up losing, they're like, oh, I wouldn't have bet that. I'm like, oh, oh okay, Those thanks, people man. are the worst. Oh, you were talking yeah. to, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, did you? Those oh, no, you didn't? Everywhere. All right, fine. Yeah. Oh, I would have bet the house on the other side. You let me know when you bet the there house. Was... <laughs> we were watching UFC one time, and one of my friends never watched the card ever. <laughs> the guy that me and my buddy were like heavily invested on gets knocked out, and then we're all like depressed and whatnot <laughs> because we just lost a lot of money. He goes, oh, yeah, you guys picked the wrong guy. We're like, dude, not right now. <laughs> this is not the time for this conversation. We're like, not like this is my but, job, buddy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so this game, this game did not look like it was going under. Uh, T. Higgins comes out at halftime, scores that long touchdown, and then they scored a field goal. So they have there's 33 points scored with like seven or eight minutes left in the third quarter, and all my friends are on the the over. I haven't told anyone about this ticket. They just know about the Rams, and they're all rooting for the Bengals too. So Claudia, I was in like hostile <laughs> territory because everyone was Joe Burrow. I had a LSU. Uh, Odell Beckham jersey on uh -huh. that I got from Amazon for like $23, but people think it looks real, but it's not. <laughs> so I'm rooting for the Rams. I'm rooting for Odell. And it's not until the final drive when they scored a touchdown to Cup. Mm -hmm. And then when Donald sacks uh, Burrow and he throws the ball away, I just stand up and I let off like 95 straight expletives with <laughs> everyone in the house. <laughs> I just got so fired up. Well, that, was, uh, that was what went down with that bet. I'm a little bit bitter about your Cooper Cup MVP that you called on this show several times, plus 600 that cashes. I had Aaron Donald at plus 1500 that I'm not quite over yet. You have like the salt in the wound conversation of everyone on Twitter being like, 
well, if we could go back and do it again, it'd be Aaron Donald. That doesn't help me cash my $50 ticket for 750 bucks. You know, if you, you can Venmo me that at this point, uh, but congrats to you, man. Um, and then, and then you had the uh, MMA fight, um, down as well this weekend. There's a lot of big prospects on here and some fighters making their debut. But when it comes to this main event, there's two fights on this card that are don't blink fights. And this is one of them. The over under is one and a half. Uh, definitely going under on this one because both guys are powerhouses and they are finishers. They look for finishes. Both guys are not fighters that the longer the fight goes, they both become weaker in those fights. And it's not even a gas tank thing. It's more of their skill set is very explosive early on. So I don't see this fight getting out of the, the first round, honestly. And that's the way that I'm approaching this main event. So are you laying 255 with Hill? Or do you see the best value in, in the rounds under? there? I think under. Th this one is, it's two guys that are still making their ways up the ranks. And Hill in his last outing, he beat a huge prospect in, uh, in, in the UFC that they were very high on, this young guy. And he finished them in, in the first round. And I think situations like this, Claudia, when they're two guys that are evenly matched, but they are explosive fighters, I'd rather take the rounds under as opposed to picking a side. Yeah, because you'll definitely see some recency bias with, with that minus 255. Um, I want to backpedal a little bit before we move on. I want to talk a little NBA, but do you have a take on NFL? You say you're a big Stafford fan, um, but a little birdie told me you might be fading them and the Bengals this season. What's the team you're looking at? Oh, I mean, I am so excited to not, I'm betting unders on the Bengals next year uh, without Ooh. even knowing like what the win totals are going to be. Uh, I think this is a team, this is a team that overachieved without a doubt. But I also look at that division. We still don't know what Pittsburgh's going to do at quarterback. I think Pittsburgh's team is, I'm surprised they're not mentioned more in the conversation of getting a quarterback. Like, you know, you look at that roster. I think it's a very good roster. I, and I feel like Big Ben is someone that's been holding that team back. But I think Pittsburgh is always going to be there. Cleveland is a dumpster fire. I'm so like, just completely eliminate them from the NFL. I'm done with them. Mm -hmm. And I think the team that I'm, I'm already like salivating at the idea of the Ravens. I think no team had more guys on IR last year and they yeah. still almost made the playoffs. True. Lamar didn't play a bunch of games. And I know Huntley came in and it was a feel good story. Uh, Snoop, I think is his nickname. And he came in and he was playing pretty well for them. But the Ravens finished fourth last year. So they're going to be playing a fourth place schedule. Mm. And they're in that 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 zone that I like to target, that 20 to 30 to 1, Claudia, is always where I like to look at. Yeah. I know the Rams last year were 15 to 1, but Ravens, their odds jump out to me right away as like a borderline long shot. But yeah. early on, I think when they lost that game to the Chiefs, I was just saying to myself, I'm taking Buffalo next year. And I know they're the favorite. I know it's boring, mm -hmm. but I think Buffalo is is the team to be heading into next year. I was with you there watching that team. It's like in the Bills Chiefs game, I tweeted out whoever wins this game is going to win the Super Bowl. Josh Allen is just a complete freak. So I'm with you there. But like you said, really good odds if you get the Ravens at 20 to 1, even better odds with the Steelers. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. I want to talk NBA before we let you go. Do you have a lean on how the season is? Joe and I were talking about it. I'm sick of betting the NBA because I feel like I am never on the right side. 
Have you been betting NBA? Do you have an idea on what you like for futures? I have been betting into NBA now a little bit more, uh, mostly sides, uh, not so much overs and unders because it's just, it's so chaotic. It all depends on if the team is going to be hot from three that day or if the teams are going to be hot from three. Uh, one of the reasons why I think you see so many blowouts in the NBA nowadays is because the three ball is so important to the game. And I mean, so many games just are decided by 15 to 20 points, it seems like. But yeah, I've been, I've been betting. I like to, I don't bet every day though on NBA. I like looking at spots, like, you know, three games and four nights, uh, road back to backs. That's where I kind of like to take teams, like situational betting like that. But I've, I, all-Star break is coming up this weekend, and this is a good time to dive into some futures, I feel like. And uh, the one team whose odds I can't seem to not stop at anytime I'm scrolling is Memphis. Um, Memphis, the Grizzlies have such a young team that plays really well together. All the reports out of Memphis, there's no like hostility of who's the man, who's not the man, who's not getting playing time. They're 10 to 1 to win the West. I think there's a roadmap for them to play the Suns in the conference finals. And they just remind me of the early, early Warriors teams before they started winning. Like that, if you remember that Warriors team, Claudia, in like 14, 15, they went seven games with the Clippers. And then everyone was like, oh, let's watch out for this team next year. And then they go on, Steph wins MVP, and the Warriors win the championship. But I think this this team with John Morant, they remind me of that Warriors team early on. So I'm just trying to be early to the party as opposed to catching on late. But of course, you want to talk about how frustrating the NBA is. They lost by four at home to the Blazers last night. Yeah. You're just like, yeah, yeah. It just you, I, I can't figure it out. Uh, Nick, before I let you go, any futures that you already have placed? Any tickets you're holding on to in the NBA? Uh, yeah, I mean, the only thing I did in the preseason, I got too cute. I, I, I took Trey Young and, and Jason Tatum to be MVP. Um, oh. Trey Young, I, I could basically light that ticket on fire. <laughs> oh, I will not because you never know. But <laughs> Jason Tatum, they've gotten hot. Like the Celtics up until yeah. last night, they had won, you know, nine of their last 10 games. So they're creeping back into potentially making a run. But you know, you need to find a you need to find a player for MVP that's going to be top three, right? Like mm -hmm. they need to be a top three seed. The only time it hasn't happened was when Russ did the triple double, and I mean, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I feel like that was a mistake too. He was not the MVP that year. Uh, but yeah, as far as that goes, I just have uh, I'm probably going to take Memphis to win the West, and I also feel like it's going to be a rematch of the finals next year, though. Like if I had to, mm -hmm. if I had to pick a finals. I think Suns and Bucks are clearly the two best teams in their conference. Betting odds and, and value aside, like, yeah, I like Memphis from a betting perspective, but, you know, if like the, the, the fate of humanity was on the line, I'd probably take the Suns and the Bucks. All right. It's hard not to want to put your money on John Morant. I agree with you there. Thank uh, God the fate of humanity is not on the line when betting the NBA because yeah, I, I would be toast. Thank God I would be dead. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I hear you, man. <laughs> NBA, UFC, NFL, Jack of all trades, Nick the Lamb Deus. Thank you so much. Go follow him on Twitter at Nick Deus 10 We will see you soon, I'm sure. Next week, maybe. <laughs> see ya. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Really is like a jack of all trades. We come in, we're just like, all right, talk NFL, NBA, UFC. Let's throw, throw golf at him or maybe NASCAR next time. He's been in this game a long time. <laughs> I love listening to Nick. I love especially when he talks fighting. I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, 
have no problem admitting I don't know anything about UFC. And I'm trying to learn. It's fun to play some bets and watch some fights and just sort of see like with what you read and what you hear and what you talk to Nick about how it all, but every fight I've watched has gone pretty much exactly how he has said it's going to go. So I'm going to put an under on that fight this Saturday <laughs> and feel very confident in it cashing. So I will as well. Yeah. Super knowledgeable dude. He's great. <laughs> yeah, he is awesome. And if you want to join us in taking the under there, you can do that on WinBet. Bet $10, win 200 When you open a new WinBet account, make a deposit of $10 or more, odds of minus 120 or greater, and get $200 in free bets. We're giving away free money. Go to winbet.com or download the WinBet app for official rules and details. And that gets us to our secret word. While you're taking advantage of that promo, why not get $25 more where we're giving away free bets every single episode with our secret word. All you've got to do is send the secret word, DM it to the WinBet Twitter account, include your WinBet username, uh, include your WinBet email, and the secret word, secret phrase in this case, which is All-Star Saturday. We didn't talk about it, but the dunk contest, three-point contest is this Saturday. If anything crazy happens, we will discuss it on Monday. But send All-Star Saturday to WinBet uh, on Twitter uh, in the DMs. Slide into those DMs. Include your WinBet username and email. Terms and conditions apply. Slide into those DMs. All right, let's get to winning picks. Joey, what do you got? Got a couple winning picks here. Uh, as you know, we want to start diversifying the portfolio a bit. Um, I'm going to start betting on golf a little bit because golf's it's a weekly fun lottery ticket uh, to throw some. You, you mentioned it as beer money. Um, and there's no better way to spend four days of beer money watching a golfer who could potentially could be in contention uh, and win outright. I've got Xander Shoffley at 22 to one, Colin Morikawa at 20 to one, and Sung J M at 39 to one to win the Genesis Open in Los Angeles at the Riviera, which begins here today on this fine Thursday. Um, NBA, I'm going to be honest, I can't figure sides out. I've just been going like chalky two, three leg parlays, and it's been doing me pretty well. So I'm going to stay there. I'm going to say Bucks and Heat Moneyline Parlay at plus 106. Um, gets you to even money. And I've got some college plays. Iowa, minus five and a half against Michigan. Iowa has been hot. They've won three in a row, all by double digits. And their edge comes on offense. They're the fourth most efficient team in the country. They are first in turnover percentage, while Michigan ranks 335th in turnovers forced. Uh, one of the edges for Michigan is they rank 71st in offensive rebounds where Iowa's defense, defense ranks 250th in offensive rebounds allowed. So as long as they can keep Michigan off the offensive glass, I like them winning and covering here, minus 5.5 at home against the Wolverines. Then I have Middle Tennessee State, minus 3.5 at Florida International, FIU. Uh, Middle Tennessee State has won 8 of 9. They've got huge edges across the board, particularly on defense, uh, where they rank 120th overall in terms of efficiency. Uh, where FIU's offense ranks 260th in overall efficiency. They won by 11 in their first matchup. Um, and FIU has lost their last two home games by more than what this number is. So again, Middle Tennessee State minus three and a half. Talk about action on a Thursday. We got action. Woo, woo. I'm telling it is hard to pare down a college basketball card. Wait, so. what is, what's your winning pick? If you had to pick we one, pick what do you want? That's your best bet. Yeah. Uh, best so, bet. Which, you know, uh, should I just pick uh, Sung JM? So if I win, I get plus, <laughs> plus a million yeah. units. Uh, yeah. We'll go with, we'll go with Middle Tennessee State minus three and a half. Okay, cool. I'm going to go back to the ice because it's been doing me well. So I'm going to continue. Hockey Sharp. 
Blues are heavy minus 270 favorites on the road against the Canadiens. I'm going to go puck line here, minus one and a half. It is at minus 110, but I see value. The Blues are 29 and 18 against the puck line this season. Not surprised. They've scored 14 goals in their last three games. Really, their only issue goaltending is deciding between whether they should go with their number one, Jordan Bennington, or their backup, Billy Husso, who is playing even better, averaging just 1.85 goals against. Their advanced stats in the last 10 games, not great, but they're facing the Canadians who have won just eight wins, eight times. They've eight wins this year, riding a 10-game losing streak. It's been a full month since their last win. Not only are they struggling on offense, but they're sitting dead last in goals against per game. They're allowing over five goals a game in their last eight. And with both of their main goalies and Carey Price and Jake Allen out, long-term injuries, they're really just struggling on all ends. So yes, puck line at minus 110, you might think not the best value, but a really good team against a very bad and struggling team. I'm going to lay the minus 110. Uh, so puck line blues is my winning pick. I will tell that. I I love how you said they're riding a 10-game losing streak. Like riding it's something it. that's fun. It's like... <laughs> It's like, like you're like go. someone who doesn't like roller coasters, like getting on one. Like, I hate it here. Please make it stop. They're riding it. They're really embracing that 10 game losing streak. They're riding it. Yeah. I mean, they are yeah, drowning. No, no it's drowning the right phrase. It's just as, yeah, no, yeah. it's like they're suffering through. Yeah, they're, yeah no. Yeah. The Canadians, <laughs> tough times uh, for the Hobbs. Yes. Well, good luck to you, Joe. Good luck to me. Good luck to all of you in your bets tonight. We will see you on Monday. That is episode 44. Thanks for tuning in.